Hey, everyone. Thank you for tuning into the podcast this week. I want to give a major spoiler warning for this show. Paul, Sean, and I will go deep into uh, some of the complexities that are to be discovered in the Batman, and there will be spoilers. So if you haven't seen it and you don't want the movie to be spoiled, turn off now. You have been warned. And now that I've given you the warning, we will jump into the show. Hope you enjoy it. If you do enjoy it, make sure to leave us positive feedback on iTunes, subscribe, and tell your friends. Thank you. Welcome to Jason and the Movie Knots. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Sean Hill. I'm Paul McCoy. And we had to jump on and discuss uh, The Batman from 2022. Starring Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Jeffrey Wright, Colin Farrell, Paul Dano. Uh, really interesting John Turturro and Circus, Peter Sarsgaard. A lot of folks that are that uh, we all like. Uh, <laughs> what do you guys think of the movie? Well, I, I was a little fearful because... Um, all of you know all of the encoding for it as dark and emo and uh was sort of exactly what was too much for me for dark night right but i'm i wasn't really thinking about matt reeves's work and his other work and i was i was hopeful that it would instead of going into just like a sort of bleak realism it went into a whole gothic emo like world of 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 suffering and pain but with with hope and with you know morality of of a gotham city kind i ended up just being fascinated and, and like not even bored at once in the three hours of watching it i i I did get bored a couple of times, but I have to admit, I went to the earliest showings possible. So at like 10 and 11 in the morning with nobody else there. And after staying up too late the nights before. And so there were a couple of times that I felt like dozing off and almost, you know, my head nodded, but that wasn't the movie. That was me. <laughs> that was me not managing my time or my life. But uh, I, I, I was surprised how much I enjoyed the movie. Uh, I I haven't really enjoyed a Batman movie since Batman Returns, so maybe I just have a thing for Catwoman and the Penguin. That might be my my kink, my bat kink. <laughs> uh, I went with my daughter, who's uh, early in her early twenties, and she's been really stressed out about school and other stuff. And we walked out of the theater, and she said my God, dad, I didn't expect this movie to be so dark and black. I felt like I was squinting the whole time and I felt like when I could actually see what was happening, it wasn't worth it for me. So uh, Leah's take on it kind of influenced my take. Uh, I just wanted, I, I, first of all, I thought the production design and approach were amazing. Uh, the bat suit looks incredible. I thought the chase scene, which I'm sure we'll talk about, one of the best chase scenes I've ever seen in the movie, but the kind of unrelenting blackness of it until the very end, which I realize is kind of the point, um, just felt a little oppressive. I also did feel like the movie was just maybe 
20 to 30 minutes too long. I was thinking about that and I, I couldn't really figure out where I would cut anything uh, unless it was like most of the Catwoman story, since that was kind of like a side story that overtaken that overtook the whole movie for a while. Mm -hmm. But I don't you can't take that away because that's essential to the character development and everything else. So I don't know where you would cut anything from this movie. Right. You, you know how you look up images and, and, you know, swag and stuff related to this movie online. You look up the Batman and Selena. It's really about both of them. Mm -hmm. And their yeah, stories are parallel, right? Exactly. His parents were killed. Her father killed her mother. And the Riddler story parallels as well. I mean, it's that's that's what's so strong about it. That's why it's, it, I, I just can't see how you could even cut anything from it because everything is so intertwined. I don't think they should cut, yeah. but I do think they should have just actually had an intermission. <laughs> like there are movies that have have had intermissions in the past. I I remember. Yeah, yeah. Just give us a break. Like maybe right before she goes to kill her father right there's still an hour left at that point <laughs> and and i was even thinking okay they've solved this and they've done that and you know he's solved like four of the murders and what's the story that's left oh the big set piece where everything floods okay yeah um, i had the same reactions like wait i feel like we've gotten resolution to like our key storylines and then oh yeah there's still more of course there's more and like yeah, it, it, it kind of took its time to get around to that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And the the way I guess I disagree with your daughter is it wasn't as I mean, maybe she's not thinking about the other Batman movies, but you know, the whole point or the goal of the Joker in the Dark Knight was to show that everyone's corruptible and no one is heroic and everyone will betray each other. And then he engineers these situations where the, it, it's like Saw and they don't have any choice but to blow something up or mm -hmm. die, which stacks the deck. And this one leads to that confrontation in Arkham, the perfect place for it, where Batman and Riddler meet. And Riddler's like, look what I did for you. And he expects a reward. And he really doesn't even understand what he's been doing. Uh, and at the same time, uh, Selena agrees with him. You know, <laughs> Selena says he's doing the right thing. Uh, and Batman and uh, um, Gordon are the only ones who, uh, I don't know, seem to have a traditional moral outrage about what's going on that isn't you know, isn't based on their own personal outcomes and the, uh, the, the police and the district attorney and everyone. Right, right. And, well, she wants to kill Falcone, right? Is that her father? Yep. Yes. I, I kept getting my Roni and Falcone kind of mixed up in my head. But uh, he won't let her. He won't let her actually kill anybody. Or that henchman of his that she kicks off the side of the building. You know, he saves it. 
so that she won't have that blood on her hands because he, he knows she'll never be the same. And she does give in to his perspective. And, uh, you know, they're also telling a really interesting line with the, with the police force, right? All of the Batman movies have an interesting interaction with the police and Commissioner Gordon. Uh, you know, they become like in the Dark Knight Rises that, that they're, they're this big kind of military force. And in this one, they all hate Batman, but they make a point of showing that the one cop that was the most critical comes around and starts working with them. Like mm -hmm. they realize, and, and, and they're not saying that everybody in blue is corrupt, just like half of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, I mean, we're kind of there as a country these days. We're kind of <laughs> it's also true to the comics, right? Because I think of the best uh, Batman storylines. You know, Commissioner Gordon is has this kind of enclave inside the larger corruption, where uh, you know these are the good cops. Yes. Yeah. There's there there was definitely a big a big part of year one in the movie right mm -hmm. Batman year one and uh i'm trying to think of the other other like direct story sort of references uh, the they long halloween the long halloween right that's yeah the, i had a moment at the very beginning where i thought it was going to be the long halloween storyline yeah because of the the they really play up the halloween element of it which i also thought was like a really clever way to set the scene um the, the first, I think, 10 minutes of the movie do a fantastic job of putting you in this place, making you feel both real and alien with everyone walking around the streets and those crazy masks they're wearing. And then we yeah. get the, the uh, convenience store robbery. Uh, we get the idea of the surveillance. Uh, we get er the, the uh, interesting work that Reeves does around close-ups of like fingers and, and eyes and things like that. Also, it does a great job of kind of setting the tone right there at the very beginning by anchoring us in a holiday, which is something we can relate to. Yeah, and, 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 it, and it paints their portrait of Gotham. Yeah, that yeah. rainy dark, the yeah. rainy darkness. Yeah. I mean, I, I got a Blade Runner vibe from the very beginning too. Right? Oh, yeah. The plastic umbrellas and, and everybody's kind of miserable, but there's all, but you know, the Gotham version of Times Square is like Times Square times 12 with all the TV screens and the surveillance. But it wasn't, it wasn't like uh, the first two Batman movies, right? Which really got into the Gothic churches everywhere, cathedrals really built on this, on this, Gotham Knight films world and since the, then it's like that's established we don't have to get into that as much it's like just get into the fact that it's a big evil city so that, that's why that's why I would like dive dove into this a lot easier I think than I did the the Nolan films which I mean the Dark Knight's really the only one of those three that I even like that I can even enjoy watching, but it's just, it's they, they tried to make it so real uh, that it just it became absurd. 
And I mean, that's one of my, my problems with Batman as a character overall is he's, he's just a silly character. Uh, and, and he's just maybe the silliest character, but he's just the, the perfect encapsulation of, you know, hurt child wanting to, you know, strike, lash out, you know, even lives in his parents' basement, that sort of thing, you know, and (laughs) this, this time, this is the first time I think I've really felt like this is, this is what Batman probably really would be like starting out just miserable and and isolationist and mentally disturbed uh probably a virgin uh i think i think it's definitely a virgin based on the way he interacts with selena and he's i mean he's just messed up and it's nice seeing that before you get the more mature, the more balanced character that we seem to have almost gotten from the very beginning and in both of the other iterations. So that's, that's why I liked it for the most part is he's just messed up and broken and, and disturbed, yeah, which is what Batman should be. There's none of that uh, wealthy playboy Bruce Wayne side at all. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That, that's always struck me as the silliest part is him, you know, pretending to be drunk and frolicking in a fountain with two supermodels in, in the Nolan films. That's, oh, I just hate that stuff. Bale, Bale did a good job with it. I mean, it was fun for him to, go, you know, to, to put on that facade, I think. But yeah, but Pattinson is like all darkness, you know. Yeah, as you said, this broken figure trying to heal himself, though, trying to put himself back together. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. and happening to have all the money in the world to do it. Lucky. But that that mayoral candidate, you know, finds him and says, you're impossible to reach. Your family used to give to charity. I can't see that you're doing anything. Like, yeah. like he has no public persona. Mm-hmm. And f- from his haircut to his clothes, when he's not Batman, it's like he obviously does not care to project one. He's never moved beyond his mourning. He's he's always he's never moved past being completely broken by the experience of losing his parents. Yeah, and then Riddler feels like, well, there's a lot of interesting stuff in that final confrontation with with the Riddler, their conversation. Well, what's striking is that the Riddler is dealing with his trauma in a way that at least he feels is productive, where the Batman is a little more nihilistic. It's a strange inversion of what you expect from a hero. Well, it, it it becomes that, but he doesn't. I mean, he, I mean, he, that's the thing about it is he he realizes that he's failing. Yeah, he thinks he's going to be that change mm-hmm. and provide you know, provide that spark, but he as you know, two years in, and everything is worse. You know, that's that's the big. I think yeah. that's part of the big turning point, and and why he just when you get that confrontation with the Riddler at the end, it becomes so. I don't know. Uh, honest, maybe. where he just kind of sees himself for what he's been doing and realizes something's got to change. You get the catharsis. Mm -hmm. Because it was vengeance, right? That word vengeance comes up and that's all that the Riddler was achieving, punishing those he thought were lying or corrupt. And And they were. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) but punishing acting as judge, jury, and executioner. 
and yeah. it's instead of judge and punish punisher yeah right. i won't kill you but i will beat you to an inch of your life i'll that's scare the, you because that's the language you understand but that just perpetuates more violence more hatred more horror in the world he's, things he's never improve beating his children yeah I was going to mention vengeance because really he's called vengeance more than he's called Batman in this movie. And I thought that was an interesting kind of inversion of who we see the character as he doesn't kill, but he comes awfully close, right? There's the scene where he nearly beats a guy to death. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. He's probably never walked that again. Was, that was when he had injected himself with adrenaline. Right. I had tried to kill Selena who had just saved him. Right. So the he's got he's obviously in love with her already deeply, but as a virgin, like <laughs> it's it's it's, you know, and she asked him to go away with her. And where is she going to go? Bloodhaven like that's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> and and he's like, mm -mm, I can't. I got to stay here. This is, yeah. this is what I'm all about. And she says, you're already spoken for. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like Captain Kirk with the Enterprise, except it's the Enterprise is Gotham. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but he also, right, like in that, in that, once the, the, the levees break and everything starts flooding, this big scary figure is witnessed saving children and leading people to safety and getting a feeling of trust you know and it's kind of like the way uh all of the bat characters are portrayed in the batwoman tv show they're the heroes of that city like and the celebrities that people are following their stories whenever they show up if they show up Yeah, it was nice seeing the transition and not just having it, you know, just automatically something that that they do in the movies. Like I, I don't, I mean, I guess it was was it in Dark Knight Rises or not Rises? The the first one, Batman Begins. Batman yes. Begins. That's the first Nolan. Yeah, how did that end? Did that end with the the bat signal being turned on and him standing up on the top of a building overlooking the city? uh no no it's him yeah. and katie holmes right it's katie holmes in that one and they're at a funeral and the wayne manor has been burned down in the first one wasn't that the first one which one had yeah, yeah i think you're right scarecrow yeah yeah so uh he sort of got to rebuild and start again, but I but forget he, but, who died. He's already established as Bruce Wayne in the community and and everything. And but, at the end, that's but, the one where Ra's al Ghul is testing him, right? And and he he loses everything and has to go be a monk in the bottom of the well. For right. Him. Yeah. No, so the bottom of the well. I think is that's the that's the, the bottom, last one. That's, that's one. rises. Like bottom of the well is with Bane. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's rises. That's the very end. That's so. In this one, he just goes off, becomes a ninja, and comes back, and you know, and every scene has got fifteen to twenty different edits, no matter how long the scene is. 
but begin- that's Nolan. Never mind. Let's talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Another complaint. Yeah. Right, right. And then Dark Knight is basically the way I always describe it is you fall down the rabbit hole of Joker's insanity slash Ledger's performance, and nothing else matters in the movie. It's mm-hmm. only Heath Ledger. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's 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 one of the reasons it's my favorite of those three is because Batman is not the focus. And when he is, he's just, I don't know, annoying. <laughs> and I can't, I can't handle the, the Nolan bat costume anymore. His, the, <laughs> that cowl just, I, I don't know. It looks like a golf yeah. ball or something. Yeah. And what is the thing with all the Nolan movies and everybody having an altered voice? Yeah. I, yeah. You see, I, I just, Oh, I can't like, stand I, all of that. Like, like this one, it's <laughs> like, Pattinson is like, yeah, I'll speak with the deep voice a couple of times. Like they didn't worry about it. it exactly. Wasn't exactly. That's that's again, that's another thing that was just refreshing. And they that heard I, about I the eyes, though. Heard about the eye holes. The I eye love holes that are too. Very important. You've got to have that black, that black, those black sockets, mm-hmm. or the mask looks stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, unless you have really pretty eyes like Selena in the Eurocat. But um <laughs> Oh, what was I thinking about all of that? Oh, so the chase sequence and some of the important sequences. So I know I told you guys before about that run P app that tells you when you can take a bathroom break, mm-hmm. right? Very important for this movie. <laughs> and they picked four, but the third one was the chase, the car chase with the penguin. Really? They said, it's just a car chase. Go to the bathroom. You won't miss any plot or anything. And I'm like, even before it came up, I'm reading my phone going, I'm not leaving during the chase. <laughs> Ridiculous. And that was like one of the most thrilling parts. Like it was really well done, I thought. It was, it was like French connection level meets Matrix car chase. Yeah, it, you felt like you were in the cars, right? Because the way they mounted the cameras, like you really just got this kind of impressionistic feel of the chase. It just felt so intensive. Yeah, you know, one chaotic. of my big fears is is driving the wrong way on the freeway too, and emphasizing <laughs> oh, that, like oh, that, immediately horrifying. had me at the very beginning. Horrifying, and all of the the m- numerous eighteen wheelers that kept getting in their way, you know, <laughs> and then, well. The Batmobile is a rocket. It can fly over things and it's a tank. <laughs> it can punch through things. And it it, you know, and yet it's it's made by hand by Bruce and it's 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 not in in, in un, indestructible. It's just really tough. Yeah, it's not a I tank. Like all of that. <laughs> it's not I, a giant I, weird yeah. tank. And that's definitely an improvement over the Nolan movies. I just thought the car was just so much more interesting and realistic. I just hate the car in the Nolan movies for sure. Well, and one of the things about that, that, that chase that kind of won me over was just the, and it took a couple of viewings. I've, I've seen it twice now. And uh, there are, it's, there are so many little quick cuts that are effective. They aren't just made to extend the scene or, or play with, with the scene like, like Nolan does or did. He's, he's grown out of that but uh like when the car does jump you see just for a second that you know there is a, a truck hauler or a car hauler that crashes and that's what he hits to make that leap 
but it's just there for a flash. I mean, if you, if you aren't paying attention, it's just like, how is he flying through the air now? It doesn't oh, make any yeah. sense. Right. And, but he gets an accidental ramp that he goes Exactly. Down. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he plays that, that in there. I remember that. It was beautiful. It was yeah. Beautiful. Uh, there's another scene similar to that at the end where he's fighting all the Riddler clones. Uh, uh, this is someone somebody posted on Twitter to mock it. Like on the Jumbotron or whatever he's on? Mm-hmm. Like on yeah. There. When when one pulls a gun and one's behind him and he ducks out of the way and, and he you think that he's shot the other Riddler guy. And, yeah. you know, the, the criticism online was, oh, people make fun of, you know, complain about Bruce, you know, uh, Ben Affleck's character killing people. But here, Batman just ducks out of the way and lets a Riddler shoot another one. But if you slow, if, if you slow it down, he he deflects the bullet with his hand and it hits himself in the head. You can see his hand come up, the bullet tank, um, and his head just jumps to the to the, the right or the left, his left. That. Wow. And I, I didn't would, see it either until the, the, they somebody posted it trying to trying to own the film for you know for yeah the Snyder fans. I think the letting the Riddler goons kill each other is self defense anyway. But he didn't yeah. even do it. That's the thing. I, I get you. No, I get you. I, I love yeah. you know, his whole armor. Everything in his armor is defensive, or it lets him fly. Like like. He doesn't have a flamethrower. He doesn't have like spikes. He does have the the batarang in his chest, but he uses it like a knife. You know, mm-hmm. you're right. You're he right. Does, that's, he that's does part have of the a, character. a stun gun. So he does. He does shock people if he gets up close. They deserve it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, See, that, I, they certainly do. You know, <laughs> I can. I mean, I I thought. Batfleck, I didn't mind Batfleck, you know, I, I hated the movies, but yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That was a case where Ben was really he was playing Bruce, right? Mm-hmm. He was a good Bruce Wayne. And it's just, you know, as a Batman, his Batman didn't get to do a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> Yeah, man. I, I think you're right. I I liked him as Batman, and I liked his Batman. That, that was that's probably now my second favorite Bat costume. I really like this costume. I think it's, it's not a bad costume, out. and the swag for those movies was actually really good too. Yeah, all the action figures are great for for yeah. Yes. He I just hate those movies. Woman, yeah, it's just the movie. Yeah. If yeah. you just pull them out of there somehow, and you know, but. I mean, I'm all messed up on that because I really thought I was really, really against the Snyder cut. And I actually like it better than the Whedon cut. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, absolutely. It the Whedon cut was such garbage from the beginning. So, I mean, anything would improve it. Yeah, he, he it, 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 it was really a case of him like not getting the material he was working with on any level. Mm-hmm. He just misfired completely. And Snyder has... A level, but it is one that knows the DC characters. Yeah, he has his vision. He did execute against the vision. Whether I like the vision or not is a different point. But Whedon, this is like doing something that was completely against that same vision. Yeah, it took me a I while mean, to realize that. I didn't like the Snyder Cut either, but it was a superior film as a film. Right. Yeah, yeah like the and extended luckily, version of Batman v Superman. You know, it's It's better than the theatrical version, but it's still batman v superman oh which which one the the 
the Dawn of Justice. No, before oh, that, that even Batman v Superman, which is the good version, like the oh. the extended version. The extended version. Yeah, okay. it, it it clears up some things that were cut for for unknown reasons from the theatrical that just didn't make any sense. I see. Yeah, so I, it's a I, little, I've only seen the theatrical of those. Yeah, it's it it like it makes Superman f- seem a little more sympathetic. Uh, you, it shows him helping out at times when in the, the theatrical version, like when the the court blows up and kills everybody, and you know, there's the cup of pee and all that nonsense. In the theatrical version, Superman just leaves. You don't see him actually helping survivors, and and that's in the extended cut. And so it it helps a little bit. But then it's still, you know, an hour and a half of beating each other senseless for no reason at the end. And it's just right. uh, horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's just there's so much Batman materialism there. There's so many years of Bat- Batman, mm-hmm. Batman movies, Batman versions. Well, so that's, that's the other thing I was going to mention is that this is actually like pretty strongly influenced by Batman, the animated series in terms of aesthetic in terms also kind of the vision of the character um i mean he he i guess he's got a few more friends in the series um but uh, it's still got that kind of gothic darkness that i love so much about batman the animated series i've only seen select episodes i just watched mask of the phantasm for the first time this past week oh wow isn't that fantastic uh, yeah, it was okay. It was good. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just, I, I just, just don't care about that, Batman. So I, I hate Batman. <laughs> but you love this movie. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, I did. Compare comparatively. I mean, it's still silly and nonsensical in, in the end. But it, you know, mm-hmm. it's 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 if you're going to try to ground it, this is the way to ground it. Not shoot in Chicago. This, 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 I think was like I said. It's it's the one I've enjoyed the most since Batman Returns, which was the most dark, you know, crazy cartoon nonsense. But it all worked there because it was dark, crazy cartoon. And this, by that. leaning into that whole dark, rainy, you know, film noir, you know, trappings kind of approach, I think was really a good, a great idea. I thought the moral ambiguity of the Riddler also was really intriguing, really mm-hmm. fit the world he lives in. Cause he really is a character who feels like he's doing the right thing. And in he fact, is. he's exposing the evil that's underlying this entire society. That's, that's, that's it. And except for the ridiculous over the top murder, he's doing the right thing. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, yeah. Aside from crashing the murder, car through the church murder, walls and stuff. Murder yeah. after murder. Yeah. He blows a guy's head off with a bomb. The guy was corrupt. He, <laughs> he was he was a bad guy. Even though I like Peter Sarsgaard, he, he want he wanted to live though. He was pleading for his life till the last second. I mean, mm-hmm. right? You can see why they needed Peter in that role. Yeah, yeah, right? he yeah. Had just, he had just tried to pick up Selena that night when he got kidnapped. Yeah, see, that, that's she, that's another reason. Like, I loved. There was one part in the movie where. What Batman's like, I can't, I couldn't find you. And she's like, Well, I was at the club. And he's like, I was at the club. And she's like, I was at the club within the club, yeah. the real club. <laughs> and that yeah, was he, a level he hadn't gotten to yet, but she already knew it. 
Yeah, there was a couple moments like that where he's he kind of shows his naivete. Yeah, and that moment, you know, the real club. Um, I mean, every time he solves a, a riddle, it's like, yeah, he solved the riddle, but he didn't actually help anything. You know, his Skarsgård's Skarsgård's head still blew off. You know, he solved the riddle after the mayor has been murdered horribly. And he didn't actually, I mean, they even find in the penguin, the penguin wasn't the rat, you know, <laughs> he, he, he doesn't actually solve anything effectively. He's, he's, I saw somebody else say this online. He's kind of like Indiana Jones in Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, <laughs> he, he doesn't really accomplish anything. Everything that happens in that would have eventually happened with whether he was there or not. He's, and it's almost the same thing here. He's on the trail though. Nobody yeah. else is even on the trail. Yeah, him and Gordon are, are the pair who are Nobody else seems it. to be yeah. able to solve the riddles at, on any level. At least he like... But solving the riddles doesn't change anything. The question. But it doesn't help. It doesn't change a thing. No, he solves them after the fact. I, that's why it's so long, because he's getting closer yeah. and closer. <laughs> he's going in circles. And only he and Gordon are really trying. And mm -hmm. Selena's like, there earlier in many cases but all she's got are those powerful gams of hers and those high-heeled shoes she doesn't have the brute force of batman yeah that was that was something i really appreciated from her fight her quick little fight with batman is that you know he's a tank he's armored up and she's just bouncing off of him and and you know if this were you know another batman movie from another director she would be knocking him on his ass and he'd be having to jump around and they, you know, it, it, and Zoe Kravitz isn't going to knock down a giant Bruce Pattinson in armor. She's going to bounce off of him. I mean, it was more realistic in that way. And that, see, that's, see, that's another thing why I hate Batman movies is they're just such, they're just cartoons. They're just silly cartoons. And there's no reason. I don't know. Now this, 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 uh, we don't need to go down that that rabbit hole. That's just my <laughs> psychological problem with with a rich guy dressing up so he can beat up poor people who you know are doing what they can to survive. It's okay when he's beat fighting monsters and you know psychopaths, but and I mean like even that 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 gang of thugs that he beats up those you know skull face mm -hmm. gang whatever they are they're they're shit people you know they're horrible people they're they're doing pranks you know walking down and punching a guy and knocking him out is a is a prank it's violent and it's horrible but they're not you know torturing people and murdering people and robbing well, banks or doing anything we don't, but we don't, we don't know that because they were doing a gang initiation in that whole sequence they were well but they but they were watching the video of walking down the street and just surprise punching a guy and laughing and that was the initiation was you got to go knock this guy out yeah, but you don't want those kind of people roaming around your city. You don't. You don't. But you. But do you want them? You know. Yes. Put you know, critically injured. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'd be totally fine with a vigilante taking care of. Them. Well, I think that's, that's part of what. Well, that's, that's part of the character arc, though, too, is that, that he's is kind true. of uncompromising. He's a little more Frank Castle in a way than mm -hmm. Bruce Wayne. You know, just without the murder without the murder right yeah, you're either just, oh, if you're over the line then you're over the line yeah you got to pee in a bag for the rest of your life uh -huh. that's you brought that on yourself <laughs> yeah. 
that's that's yeah. and that's the problem with that's that's my fundamental problem with Batman is you know it, other super like almost every other superhero you know there's a reason for them to be doing what they're doing you know I mean like Captain America you know it's patriotism he wants to try to help people in the war he wants to try to end the war and that spirals into what he becomes Iron Man you know he he's trying to survive in that cave so he builds the suit and that just you know, starts the arc that keep you know changes him from being an arms dealer superman the alien who comes down and wants to is is more human than human wonder woman wanting to come from her place and bring peace batman he just wants to beat the shit out of people who who he considers bad but that also moves this really far away from being a generic marvel movie too this isn't exactly captain marvel well i mean this is just batman in general i mean it's it's different from superman or wonder woman too and it's just like that's that's just why i think because he's built on vengeance vengeance is the key thing that drives he he, you know lots of people lose their parents when they're young you know Mm -hmm. it's a it's a thing that you live with you deal with and you and it's it's weaponized and turned into this psychosis but do you lose them to the criminal underworld in your city shooting them in an alley when they were coming from a play or whatever like are they assassinated for lots of people yes (laughs) (laughs) i mean violent crime happens all the time everywhere and i don't know that's just my problem with batman that's just like i said this is a rabbit hole we we need to go down yeah i get that i mean i i understand your point paul but i can also imagine i don't know uh some ukrainian child who witnesses their parents being killed you know, screaming vengeance against the Russians and joining the military to fight against them. Exactly. And joining the military and fighting a war. But this is, you know, the richest man in the city, the found one of the founding families of the city, which was another interest. This is a complete tangent, but I loved making uh, Batman's mom an Arkham. Yes. That I think was a very interesting change. And then tying her to the murder-suicide, which mm-hmm. makes her crazy, which kind of explains some of Bruce's craziness because he he's not the he didn't come yeah. from a stable family. Exactly. Right. Uh, that's that that was brilliant. That was one of I, my favorite changes. I'm not aware of. I mean, I'm not the number one Batman guy in comics either. I'm not aware of much development of Martha in all these years. No, other than changing her name to Kane you know that's mm-hmm. that was that was the only thing that i know about martha so that the- is interesting to give her kind of a story and the mayor's wife right uh the mayor who got killed and his son mm-hmm. she had a visual presence in the movie she was kind of a stand-in for martha in some ways mm-hmm. yeah we didn't really get into her character but they you know they hired an actress to like be in several scenes with with her son and, and she just called Mrs. Mitchell in the credits. And um, I like, I like, you know, Arkham can go horribly wrong when you bring it in. It can go all Suicide Squad really quickly. And this time, it's like, no, it's a mental institution, and it's where the crazy ones go. Yeah, and, that, that, they're talking about doing a TV series that's based in, on Arkham Asylum, and that and, and from this from this movie from this mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there's a yeah. like a couple movies coming out. Well, so I think we all read No Man's Land back in the day. They've cut. They've a, nope. Oh, we have it. Okay, you <laughs> have it. I don't think so. It's I know, up, I know what it is. It set I know up the idea is. of the No Man's Land anyway. Yeah. So that's the which thing. Was I also know part of stuff. what part of what uh, Gotham was about. I'm familiar with everything, but I haven't. Okay. I dug into it because I just hate yeah. Batman. Did you notice there was one visual in the movie where uh, there was graffiti that said "Hush" really big on the yeah. building? Yeah, and that, was, that like, was one oh, of the Riddlers. I, I know what that meant if I ever read "Hush." That'd be yeah. <laughs> Easter eggs for people like you and me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like the scene of the, the the bridge cut off from the rest of the city. That's a perfect visual reference to No Man's Land, and okay. the references to the neighborhoods. Uh, we're actually mm-hmm. pretty close to right on with the idea of no man's land is that there's basically after Gotham is cut off from the rest of the world, there's gangs that are maintaining different sections of the city or camped in different sections of the city, continually at war with each other. And apparently that's going to be the basis for the uh, Penguin TV series. Right. So there, there's that. And then the there was going to be a, a Gotham City police series exploring the corruption in this in the in the police leading up to the movie and that that that's been sacked but no 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 pun intended jason no, <laughs> no, not, not referencing you um but they they sacked I disapprove. That <laughs> and it's it's Just developed into more of an arkham asylum thing where they're going to start exploring you know the i guess the people in the asylum and i i I heard this, but I think it's way too early. It's probably not verified or anything, but I think the Grant Morrison Arkham Asylum graphic novel is an inspiration, but I don't oh. know how accurate that is. Interesting. Yeah, see, it, as long if, I like that they leaned into the horror and the horror thing is yeah. fresh to me and yeah. I, I'd like to see them do that and expand that. I would love to see, you know, like Man Bat, find, find a way to bring something like that know, in there. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. How has uh, he been missed in all these years? He's so cinematic. It's great. He would be great. And I yeah. would love to see something like that eventually. All the character designs by Neil Adams. That, mm-hmm. They've got everything they need right there. Mm-hmm. But like like you said, they're probably the the I don't, I don't know if is I'm wondering if they're going to use the penguin series to kind of play out the flooding and the like you said, the no man's land storyline. And then the second film starts somewhere after that, or are they going to use the film to like dig into that too? Well, where are these shows going to appear? Are they uh, going HBO to be- Max? HBO Max. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where our Warner Brothers products are going right now. Mm-hmm. Well, cer- certainly, a Peacemaker was a great follow for Suicide Squad. Yeah, uh, it, I, I was skeptical going into that show, but it really built that world in a much more interesting way, and that character portrayal was fantastic i don't know uh yeah. you know, if we'll get the same level of quality obviously i uh, love john cena but that was way too violent for me i couldn't i couldn't get through the series yeah i can see that there's a lot of violence yeah i i, I can take it when it's harley doing it and there's like a sense of humor the whole time but i'm not i wasn't totally in love with the second suicide squad movie you know I'm glad I saw it, but it was a lot to take in. See, it was yeah, perfect we, for me. It was we my talked thing. about it. Uh, my friend uh, uh, Carlos and I talked about it on this pod, and yeah, we were turned off by the violence. See, I, I was that was all in 
I, I loved every minute of it. It was, it was, it was super, you know, it was super done with actual licensed characters and it was an alien. Yeah. I mean, even right down to the dance sequence, the opening dance sequence. Yeah. Know, I remember Super did it animated. Yeah. And it was, I, I'm just there for James Gunn's stuff. I think, I, I think it's grown on me the more I thought about it. Initially, there was just too much violence, but uh, it's just like Cena so much on Peacemaker, too. I didn't expect him to have that level of depth in his character. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, a, he's a good actor. There's no doubt about that now. He's good. He's we're talking about the Batman and not the Peacemaker. <laughs> well, uh, one more aside, though. Paul, do you think the reason Returns is your favorite is because it's so cartoonish and larger than life like exactly yeah 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 it's, that it's, and, like and a that. Tim, it's like nightmare before christmas it's like visual splendor in a gothic setting yeah and it's it's grotesque and disgusting and funny you know the penguin spewing black goo from his mouth is, there's yeah. no reason for any of that and you know peewee and simone being the penguin's parents dropping him off the bridge into the sewer right you know little stuff like that just makes me you know yeah, i love I, that movie when i first saw the movie it's it's my favorite too when i first saw the movie i was kind of you know annoyed by the christopher walking character oh, nah. but even now it's like i just read something like uh, online for the 42 best batman villains and he was like number 13 or something like <laughs> it's a really good walk-in performance you mm-hmm. know max shrek you know named after the actor who played nasuratu yeah. yeah silent film you know and lots of clever cle- and, and showcases for all the actors in the film yeah i, I mean i my favorite one of my favorite moments in that movie is when selena reveals herself to him and he just looks at her and goes you're fired <laughs> that's 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 great you know that's that's it it all play it all worked for me even giant penguins with rockets on their backs i was like yes that's where we're at let's go for it right it just built on the first movie with that kind of stuff anyway and see and i didn't care for the first movie i didn't like jack nicholson as the joker i I love that first movie that's my that's probably my favorite i I like the over the top nicholson stuff i i didn't like Vicky Vale that much. No, nah, that either. Yeah. That Prince was my favorite part of the first movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> Bat dance. I do have that album. Great <laughs> scenes with the Yeah. Yeah, that's great print. That's a, like an awesome Prince album. Because it's just thrown off and it like it's it yeah, I have a whole thing about Prince. I love Prince, but it's like yeah, this... it's just it's just his interpretation. He's, they're like Prince make an album. He's like, okay, fine. Yeah, it probably told him on a Friday and he had the album ready by Tuesday. And he dressed like Joker in the video. (laughs) With the half face, like our, you know, like our indoctrined or being indoctrinated uh, gang member in the the new movie. Do you know that actor plays Tim Drake on the Titans? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did this really interesting kind of juxtaposition there. Yeah, he did this before he got the part. And I think I read somewhere he said he couldn't tell anybody on Titans that he was in Batman. The 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 gang novice is Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, I no, I know I haven't seen that either. Yeah, you don't need to see Titans. Yeah, it's not the greatest show. I think you're gonna get a lot more pleasure out of Batwoman than you will out of Titans. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm content with that woman. They've had Poison <laughs> Ivy. They have their own Joker. 
they're going through the characters in their own way. They're having a good time. I want uh, to rewatch Gotham. I loved Gotham when it was on. Yeah, I never watched Gotham either. Like I said, my 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 distaste for Batman runs deep. <laughs> <laughs> I avoid so much Batman stuff. I, I I haven't seen. I guess I saw. You know, I saw the first Batman and Batman Returns in the theaters. I didn't see that was it Batman Forever and then Batman and Robin. I saw Batman Forever. I walked in and out of the room while my parents were watching it on home video, and I never uh, saw Batman and Robin. <laughs> Uh, but I, I did just get them all on Blu-ray. They're on their way. So well, I will I will do a rewatch and Val, make my way through it all. Val did his best, you know, in the Schumacher world. And Nicole Kidman is actually one of the most interesting Bat girlfriends because hmm. she's a psychiatrist. She's actually trying to give him some therapy, which you know he <laughs> desperately needs. Yeah. And then, but then, and then Batman Forever. You know, Batman and Robin. I mean. What are you gonna do with with Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy? Like they they steal the whole movie. Yeah, everything I've seen, I mean, it's like I I'm I'm familiar with all of it, but I've never actually sat down and watched it. And everything I've seen just looks like the you know '66 movie, which yeah is kind of the approach I want to take when I watch it. Is just think about it as a updating of that rather than anything else. Yeah, I well, mean, everybody yeah. fixated on the bat nipples, and they're like the least of yeah. the problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's this giant neon ridiculous show kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. You can't take any of it too seriously. And if you just enjoy it as this kind of ridiculous explosion of colors, like some sort of Baz Luhrmann film or something, <laughs> uh, I think it right. works a lot better. Yeah, Moulin Rouge bat style. <laughs> I got to say, though, uh, that that reminded me of, I don't know if you got the same previews I did. Uh, I like the Batman in the the Super Pets movie. <laughs> a little more than I like the Batman in this movie. Wow. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I've heard about it. It's Keanu Reeves, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, just just for the previews. I've seen it online. I didn't I didn't have it at my theater. But... Okay. You know, we got that. Uh, we got I, the I Elvis enjoyed, movie I, too, I which is how I had that transition. No, oh, yeah, yeah, I did get the Elvis movie. Also got the uh, the DC movies that are coming this year. That now none of them are almost none of them are coming this year, <laughs> right? Yeah, I think we're only yeah. going to get the Shazam movie. Yeah. Wow. I, I but just, my eyes popped out when I saw Doctor Fate on the screen. I'm like, mm-hmm. I I want to see this tomorrow. And Hawkman, and it all looks really good, but and then they just keep bumping it and bumping it. I don't know what's going on with Warner Brothers. I'm, I'm amazed that this turned out as good as it did. Yeah, honestly, I, I, I think the director really, really had a vision that he was able to stick to. And if you see any of the interviews that um, Zoe Kravitz or Robert are doing on all the talk shows, they're proud as hell. They are happy. They're like they're promoting this show because they th- they know it it came out pretty good and they look great in it. So uh, I think I think the creative forces that needed to come together for this movie came together. And we haven't even talked about Colin Farrell's performance. Yeah. Yeah. As, as, yeah, let's make sure we talk about that. I mean, yeah. he Colin Farrell is as good looking as Robert Pattinson, right? He could be the lead of anything. And was, he, he dives yeah, yeah. deep into that costume all the way. 
Did did either of you think that uh, Pattinson looked like a Frank Quitely drawing of Batman? Yeah. Yes. Good that, call. that was another thing. This that, is that, like a graphic novel Batman movie. Yes. Yeah. Totally. I just realized that uh, Matt Reeves had directed Cloverfield and Let Me In. I didn't realize he had done those. I was only familiar with the Planet of the Apes movies, which I didn't really care for. Oh, I thought those were excellent movies. I, I'm sure I they are. They just rubbed eyes. me the wrong way for some reason. Okay. I, liked, I liked when they were just the apes. I didn't like any of the people. Let Me In is the vampire movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which I thought was a really nice adaptation. That, it was very good. It, yeah. I, I think both versions are equally good. Yeah. And I loved Cloverfield. I know people hate Cloverfield, but I, I really it. enjoyed that. I, th- I thought it had a lot. Of, it had. A, it was. Ver- I think it was very influential at the time. It yeah, that's it. Movie. Coming but, to it now, you just feel like so much has come beyond yeah. that. You know, yeah. it was very innovative at the time. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when I watched the Dawn of the Planet. I don't know. Did I watch both of them? I can't. I, was Dawn the one that starts after the Apes uprising and people are? scattered yeah i think that's the one okay that yeah see like, i, I love like, the first 20 minutes of that when there were no people no no talking no nothing and the ape stuff was all fantastic and then as soon as people started talking i was checked out and then i never even saw war for the planet of the apes because i just didn't care for dawn that much those were way too cgi for me really they were like the disney the disney live action movies like you know for, of the cartoons hmm. i never <laughs> the jungle book or or lion king with with actors and and talking animals no i i really enjoyed the jungle book version i didn't i didn't see the lion king though i like the cartoons see that's that's, i was i never saw the cartoons really yeah i biased in the well except for jungle book i like the original jungle book when i was little i'm looking i i just bought the mask of the phantasm on dvd i'm looking forward to watching that that's one thing about the Batman too is like there was very little CGI that I could see. Probably when the ocean comes in at the end when mm-hmm. he blows up the the, uh, the barriers for the water. I mean, but, I guess uh, the city was in a to a large extent, right? Yeah, but it could have been models for all you can tell, right? Yeah, so it, was it could have been the nice, same world Britain had his folks create. Nice and subtle, but the a lot of the choreography was practical effects. Yeah a lot of stunt people really doing those things and i know pattinson has said he was willing to do you know anything that was safe there was a lot of wire work from from all of the the combative actors so yeah i i think he filmed it in like you know with integrity (laughs) (laughs) i think you could see that on the screen too right things have a weight to them feels yeah. like they're they are living in this world and you can feel the oppression and the darkness of this world kind of weighing on the characters the violence was especially weighty brutal uh that was again like taken from uh kind of building on what uh, snyder did with his batman only instead of you know brutally murdering people he's just beating the crap out of them violently and the murders right were so grotesque yeah. I really got a vibe like um, Fincher's Seven. There was a David Fincher vibe too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's something that I'm glad you said that. That reminded me. Um, I think probably the the Batman film that this is most closely tied to, maybe thematically or visually, is probably Joker. With yeah, uh, the whatever his Joaquin? name, Joaquin Phoenix. 
Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. I mean, right down to the opening titles, you know, the Batman mm-hmm. taking up the whole screen, just like the Joker Joker did in that. I mean, I, I could almost see them tweaking the continuity a little bit to make that, you know, this Gotham in the 70s and having a Joker kind of being a constant thing over the over the decades. I mean, I know they're not, but that seems like something that would would tie in. Yeah, just no, make it, the, the little boy in Joker make him Thomas Jr. And, you know, he grows up and has, you know, Bruce. It, but, fits, it fits that because my reading of the Joker has always been that everything we see on the screen is, is his delusions and that the actual reality of what happened is completely different from what we're seeing on the screens. This, hmm. this completely subjective experience. And it would yeah. easily fit Probably. into this framework. See, I, I saw Joker once and didn't really care much for it. But but thematically, and it's just, I mean, taking a, a complete visual style of an older yeah. director and transplanting it into this world, you know, taking, you know, Scorsese and making it a Joker film. And it's kind of similar to this taking Fincher and turning it into a Batman movie. Who, who directed Joker? Uh, the guy who did The Hangover series. Oh. Isn't that odd? Which, well, I mean, I haven't seen, I've only seen the first Hangover, but apparently they got darker and darker and more you know, disturbed and violent as they went along. So I can, I can almost see it. Todd Phillips. Yeah. Todd Phillips. I, did, I didn't see Joker because um, it just seemed like more Heath Ledger all over again to me. They had to hire Joaquin because Heath is dead. And uh, they they did some they did some interesting stuff with it. I I will admit, it wasn't to my taste. It was more like falling down. You know, I don't I don't like those kind of movies. I think I think my, yeah, I think my Joker, you know, is either Caesar Romero or um, <laughs> Mark Hamill. Mark like, Hamill, yeah, Mark Hamill, yeah, yeah. See, Joker hit for me because my jam is these weird seventies movies. They're full of moral ambiguity in the mm-hmm. Scorsese movies mm-hmm. and you know it reminded me of something like Mean Streets or something yeah exactly uh, and um so it kind of was in that same groove and you know I've been craving movies like that because um you know no matter how neo-noir you go you, there's never anything that feels quite 70s like uh you know the Batman wasn't didn't feel like a 70s movie it felt very modern yeah it was a 90s 90s you know, it was Fincher like you say it's Fincher yeah. all the way yeah, yeah the ciphers reminded me of Zodiac too yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a serial killer movie and uh, a graphic novel story, and in a gothic, completely gothic world, but in, not in the Tim Burton way. You know, in a very different way. Yeah. And which is equally valid. I I've been reading, you know, the reactions online, and there really seems to be a, a like a renewed hunger for gothic imagery out there. Like people are connecting to that with this movie. And well, that was, yeah, that was the last thing I was going to mention, because we probably should wind this up pretty soon. Um, didn't this movie feel like it fit 2022 with all the shit we're going through? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It felt very contemporary in terms of tone, in terms of attitude. Yeah. Did you feel the same way? I do, especially once when the, the citizens start picking up the Riddler's you know, slogans and symbols and holding signs with question marks on them and, you know, mm-hmm. protesting yeah, like the mayor's funeral. The domestic terrorism 
level mm -hmm. of it, for sure. And the fear and distrust we're having in general, both with public figures, with supposed experts, and with our neighbors. Yeah, just distrust of the politicians and the police. Yeah, and it's that, and that our society is is acting in our best interest. I think that that's part of why my daughter found it frustrating is, you know, uh, compared to something like Spider-Man, Nowhere Home, No Way Home, um, which was a relief from the shit we're going through. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Uh, you know, this presents the opposite viewpoint. And, uh, you know, I think she was craving Spider-Man. Yeah, very, very different films. <laughs> make, make, make it all Doctor Strange, uh, doc, uh, Doctor Strange's fault. Yeah. It's really right. <laughs> we got that preview at this movie too, which was very interesting. What we got the the Doctor Strange preview for this? Um, oh yeah, yeah, this yeah. Movie too. I know, and I, and we've got both good and evil. Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch. So who knows which way the story is going to go? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's going to be good. All right. Well, uh, anything we else you want to we say didn't about, talk about the uh, Batman? Colin Farrell? We didn't talk about Colin Farrell. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, just wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was so I was stunned after that performance. I mean, I've never seen Colin Farrell do a character like that before. And I mean, I, I mean, I'm not a biggest the biggest Colin Farrell, you know, expert. But is that I mean, does he is he known for playing like over the top kind of? Because that was just amazing. Well, I mean, he did do Bullseye in the Daredevil movie. Oh yeah, he did, didn't he? And and that one that was another case where the villain kind of takes over, you know, is the largest personality and takes over the screen. Mm -hmm. which is not what he was doing here. He was one character. I mean, he had John Torturo and other people to bounce off of. Mm -hmm. But um, I, he's, he's definitely capable of doing that. And you know a weird place where he did it. And this is also, we got the preview for the new Fantastic Beasts Harry Potter movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, the, you could feel the audience cringe while they were looking at this preview. <laughs> like you know because 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 um uh jk rowling is as tainted as joss whedon these days right she yeah. keeps putting her foot in it and they're sort of cringing but in the first fantastic beast movie um he plays grindelwald except you don't know that he's the evil sorcerer because he's being one of the 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 warlock uh policeman and he's actually manipulating things and he he he's sort of stealing the movie in this quiet kind of manipulative way with the kid who plays flash in the flash movie oh yeah yeah and uh then the climax of the movie at the very end he turns into johnny depp and you're like oh no <laughs> <laughs> sacrifice Colin Farrell for Johnny Depp now and it ruins the movie and that, seriously that's that's what happens it he's he plays the character and then 
it changes he, to he plays the character until he gets caught in all of his little plots and he's he's been in the shadows whispering in people's ear and everything and when he gets caught um uh, uh the star of the film right fantastic beast guy uh unmasks him with his wand Same. and literally it's johnny depp all fake along. face and his johnny depp oh that's oh, awesome huh. and the audience and it, even then was like yeah really yeah and then instead of bringing him back for the next one they just recast with uh hannibal yeah now uh, it's Mick, mads mickelson yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's so weird that but that's strange. that's a huge improvement that's a huge improvement yeah i mean he's a he's a, he improves anything I love that Johnny film. Depp was terrible in the second Fantastic Beast movie, and uh, he kills Catwoman. She's in it, and he kills her. <laughs> yeah, kind of done with Johnny Depp too. What did you all think of the way Paul Dano played the Riddler, especially once Ooh. he was unmasked? Ooh, I loved in that final scene where he starts screaming at the top of his lungs because Batman won't be his buddy. Mm -hmm. I thought that was inspired. And I don't really know Paul Dano very well, but I'm like, yes, screw you. You're wrong on every level. Get, uh -huh. you deserve to suffer. So he, so his anguish, I, I thought that choice was way over the top, but perfect for the character. I was, I was a little put off uh i felt like i don't know if this is true or not but i mean it felt like it was kind of not parodying but uh leaning into kind of an autism or spectrum being on the spectrum kind of over the topness that was a little i don't know disconcerting he, he reminded me a little bit of the, the little kid in the babadook which if you've seen it it's the best child uh or, uh, if you don't want to have kids, watch the Babadook. It, it will it will keep you from having children. Yikes! But he, I, I don't know. I felt like it was maybe they they were leaning into kind of an autism thing, and especially with his you know his obsession with puzzles and things like that, you can see that kind of being kind of a stereotype with you know autistic children and and, and adults didn't see that at all but that's interesting yeah. okay yeah maybe like i said maybe it was just me it, it really when he started moaning and, and like that it, it really took me to the babadook and that kid has got he's got problems and well i might just not have picked up on that i mean i like the visual of him a lot yeah the, the visual was with the was glasses fantastic. over it I, I didn't like that at first, but as it, when he first appears in the shadows in that opening scene, I wasn't sure about that, but uh, that grew on me. I did like that eventually. And I didn't pick up on it when I saw the movie that I watched a couple of criticisms online. And the way they set up his long game uh, is very clever. Like he's spying from the very beginning of the movie. I, I, I saw that the first time I watched it. I saw that little window up, up above yeah. the, the club. And I was like, oh, what's that? What's going on up there? And then I completely forgot about it. And then I completely missed it the second time I watched it when I was looking for it. But yeah, that was, yeah. It, it's a really nicely put together film. That was just as an aside, that was a motif that is directly from Batman Returns to this movie is 
these little masked heads watching each other from a distance. Yeah. Um, like at the end of Batman Returns, we don't really know if Catwoman survived or not. And then the camera pulls back and you see the back of her head from the top of a building and mm -hmm. she's watching Bruce or watching something. And I liked all the skull work, all the skull costumes in this movie. You really see like all of these characters analyzing each other and being very visually aware of where everything is in the space. And that, you know, that's how Batman finds the Riddler in that sequence where he chases him to his, when he assassinates uh, Falcone. It's all these competing brains working against each other. It really highlights, yeah, like they're also kind of exposed in a way. Yeah, they're visible while they're watching and they're being watched. Yeah. I didn't pick up the autism thing, which is weird because I, I mean, I actually know autistic people and I, I think I was just so set up, you know, his own story of, the abuse he suffered as a neglected orphan in a horrible facility. And, and that he didn't have uh, Bruce's advantages of having all of that pain, but being super rich <laughs> to cope with it and yeah. having Alfred look after you. And, but how about, he also didn't get that Bruce and Batman are the same. He didn't, he didn't figure that out. He didn't see it as possible that spoiled Bruce could be vengeance bad. I, I think that's where they're leaning, but I don't, I, I see, I don't know. I don't know if maybe he does or maybe, maybe he does or doesn't. I don't, I'm not sure. That, that whole scene where he starts, you know, Bruce Wayne, that whole thing was really awkward if he doesn't know he's Batman as Bruce Wayne. It, it seemed like the only reason he would even be doing that would be if he knew that Batman was Bruce Wayne until he turns switches and says, he's the only one we didn't get. And I don't know if he does know or not. I, I felt like Bruce, you know, he, his eye flicks to the camera in the observation room. He mm -hmm. felt like he was going to be outed, right? Then exactly, and, exactly. And it, it didn't happen. The outing didn't happen. And yeah, I feel like it has to be that he didn't realize it. He didn't figure it out. And it, it's I, another of his blind spots. I'm but with you there, Sean. That's, I think that's it's also thing. like a good kind of misdirection from uh, from Pattinson, where he just you can't even imagine Bruce as being this bad because he's just this callow, self-involved kid. Who nobody ever sees but who lives in his ivory skyscraper but uh oh that's a good point too like you 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 would never think about him because he just has no presence yeah that's true but i i think he was the final target if Riddler well, he was yeah. he was yeah but because of his father right because of his father right not because of anything he is or did did See, I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I think the Riddler knows. I think that there's a there's something in one of the maybe the Long Halloween or something where he maybe after the post Long Halloween where Riddler figures out that Bruce Wayne is Batman, 
but he doesn't tell anybody because that would spoil, you know, that's too easy. He doesn't want to, you know, that doesn't fit the, the, the riddle, the riddle profile. And, mm. But I don't know, but I, I guess I just, I just, that scene didn't play very well for me at, for, for at that point. Okay. It, it bugged me. There were little things like that's see this, this is why, and this is, I don't know if this is controversial or controversial or not, but I don't, I don't know if you can make a great film that's a superhero film. And one of the reasons is because you have little moments like, like that, that are, that would, if, if they played that out, you know, as a, as a drama or as a crime drama, there's something really interesting about to happen, but they've got to pull back and keep the secret identity or, and just little things like the end when Pattinson shows up while Selena's getting right at her mother's uh, grave and it's like, oh, he surprises her there. And then she gets on her motorcycle to leave. And he's got his motorcycle right next to him. You know, he rode the motorcycle up to her. She didn't hear the motorcycle coming up. But you can't do that because it's Batman. He just appears. Mm-hmm. And it's little things Lots like that that are just. Scott Bat silent mode. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, that is definitely controversial. You were talking to the comic bulletin old guard here. I know. Right. <laughs> the movies are the best and, of course, can be classic movies. Well, I they mean, can be they can be good superhero movies. But no, you cannot hide behind genre. I I reject that completely. Accept I, it as I, a film or don't. No, nah, I think as soon as you put somebody in a costume, that that diminishes. Why are you even reading comic books then? I'm not reading Batman. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, do you think uh, the so story of Black Panther is diminished, or do you like think that. it's added? Uh, like Black Panther is probably the the first thing that pops to mind because I feel like the superhero trappings actually add a lot to the storyline and make me feel like it it, but it uh, but resonates it, more. But its final act it has to resolve into a big CGI battle between, I mean, really bad CGI Black Panther and Killmonger jump you know dropping down onto train tracks and jumping around. That was that's just bad CGI, and then. And then it falls into the same trap that all the Marvel movies, most of the Marvel movies too, where it's just a big CGI battle at the end. And that you, it's not, it, it takes away from becoming something that's great cinema hmm. and becomes just spectacle. And I think that's, that's, I mean, again, like, again I, I, there's not a single superhero movie that I would think is, a, would say is a great film. The first Superman movie. No, I, uh, no. Ugh. <laughs> a masterpiece from start to finish no i, I disagree i disagree but that's a whole other yeah discussion that is, that yeah, is a whole other topic why don't we wrap this one up anyway and we talk <laughs> okay. about more movies uh we all agree mike or robert pattinson's bruce wayne is a virgin yeah i'm getting i'm kind of i haven't really thought about it a lot but i'm hearing it from the audience agrees for sure really see that was like one of the first notes i took when i sat down to do this was watching him interact with with zoe kravitz is like yeah he doesn't know how to talk to girls i don't think he knows how to talk to most anybody really yeah it's not it's not from any kind of inability on his part it's just he he's not thinking about it he's thinking exactly he's he's got his own little he's you know, he's obsessed with his childish things and living in his parents' basement and 
doesn't know about girls yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's stunted in developmentally for sure. That's yeah. that's Batman. That's, that's it, Batman huh? to a T. He's, yeah. that's, that's the definition of Batman, emotionally yeah. stunted. Which is why he meets people like Silver St. Cloud and, and other like complicated women who draw him out. Mm -hmm. and, exactly. And Selena too. Yeah. And uh, this movie is too early in the story for him to be at that level yet. Exactly. Now he's got his fixation. Now he's got his, his, his kink has been developed. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I think we're also and, saying we want a sequel. Cat suits and uh, people who will punch him when he's <laughs> out of line. But he can still, you know, you know physically you know, dominate. But he does he want to be dominant? Does he want to dominate? Does he want to be dominated? And then we go right back to Batman Returns, which is one of the things the reasons I love Batman Returns. <laughs> Catwoman is certainly a good role to showcase a performance. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed Zoe Kravitz in this role. Yeah, and Michelle Pfeiffer. It's definitely one of her iconic performances. Mm -hmm. And all the way back to Julie Newmar and Eartha Kitt. And oh yeah. Even even Lee Merriweather, who was in the, the 60s movie, did great, did mm -hmm. a great job. And we just, we'll just skip over Batman Rises or Dark Knight Rises. Well, and, <laughs> and I'm sure Halle Berry would have been good if she had a good, if she oh, had yeah. a not terrible, terrible, terrible movie. I keep forgetting about Halle Berry. And oh, I love thinking so about Halle Berry. I've watched it like three times. I keep coming <laughs> on TV. I'm, can't help myself it's so bad <laughs> you're a stronger I, I, man than i, mean, I am so Halle, Halle berry is age appropriate for me that, so i love Halle my berry. oh right yeah <laughs> my kink is bad superhero movies <laughs> <laughs> which this was not which this was not i'm stunned by how many snyder fans are just actively vocally hating on this film for any reason they can find just to to really, try to undermine it's it kind of their brand yeah they hate everything except snyder everything yeah. in the world yeah which isn't you know frightening at all <laughs> yeah <laughs> the snyder mob watch out another 2020 <laughs> fear of mine yeah was was that them in the uh, that he beat up in the, in the, in the subway train yeah. I, see I, I kind of that that could be the snyder fans uh he makes the mayor's child dressed like a ninja like the you know ninjas are for children like you know snyder's or uh not snyder but uh, nolan's ninja batman is child you know for children i don't know i'm reading things into it well they look kind of like zombies and snyder's only good movies feature zombies so that's true that's true except for i did like watchmen but that is a totally other subject too yeah. It's yeah. mostly I just love Malin Ackerman. I don't know why. Oh, okay. That's understandable. <laughs> and the real and the cast was great in that movie, whatever he did with the story. Yeah, that, that's another thing about all these all these Batman movies. The casts are always just great. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. it, it's that's that's I mean, I mean, what are there are there other what other series of films that recast characters over and over? I guess James Bond. I mean, and the Bond movies don't hold up consistently. They don't have, they don't even have, you know, great cast from one, from one to the other. Yeah. But these Batman movies all 
it's like every role is just really nicely done. Yep. Yep. He's well, he's got the rogues gallery, right? Yeah. To top anybody. I was skeptical about Pattinson in the suit, but he really pulled it off. He's like, like I said earlier, he, that's he's the best looking Batman that I have seen, except for, you know, he maybe, you know, with uh, the uh, uh, Batfleck coming in second for me, just just for good looking costumes and way the way they, they present on screen. Uh-huh. I keep seeing clips of the Nolan stuff and and Christian Bale's just like a round head. It's, he looks like a, like a black jelly bean head. <laughs> and I just, I just can't take it. I can't look at it seriously. Yeah. They tried so hard to make it into a suit of armor. And, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, this, this is a suit of armor and it works. That yeah, but it I, looks like he put it together in the garage. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very DIY <laughs> and kind of punk rock. And that, that's the right move. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but there's the the rogues gallery attracts good actors, I think. Speaking of which, we haven't even mentioned the Joker, have we? This Joker, our quick cameo from this Joker, right? I I almost tuned that out. It's like sure they they might go that way. I don't know. Yeah, I felt they really should have put that as like a post or mid credit scene. It it didn't really seem to fit where it was. I mean, so, you know, there's a cut scene where. Bruce goes to the Joker, like yeah, Cody's going to to uh, Buffalo Bill. That's interesting. I, w- I would be curious to see that. If it had been in there, then I would say, okay, yeah, that they could the showing the Joker show up there at the end was would work. Who did the uh, voice? Was it anybody well known? Uh, it's uh, Barry Keoghan, whatever. It is. I don't know how you pronounce it. He was in. Um, he's been in a bunch of stuff, but. The only thing I've seen him in was Eternals. He was the Eternal who could mind control everyone, made his own cult. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's good casting for Joker, actually. Mm-hmm. And they, they, um, the, Matt Reeves has been talking him up and talking up the, the deleted scene and all everything about him. And basically, they're going with uh, the man who laughs approach, where he's not scarred or jumped you know, dumped into chemicals but he's got a genetic defect that gives him that rictus grin mm. always from the time he was ch- a child and they're going to play play it on, on that sort of angle which is interesting and i'm, I'm very curious to see how they do it because i mean you know that was the inspiration for the joker to begin with that that film that's not, is it a silent film i've never actually seen it i think so Oh, the one with uh, uh, Conrad. Conrad. Conrad Veet. Conrad Veet, who just has a jokery face. Exactly. Yes. But that was the that was the inspiration for the Joker. And he's out of he's out of German expressionism. He was in the Cabinet Mm -hmm. of Doctor Caligari. Yeah. Yeah. That movie's an amazing actor and dancer, basically. So I mean, I really that makes me very curious. But I don't but, know if they're. I don't know if they'll go with the Joker in the next movie. Though I'm not sure I, if you hope, see I this. hope they don't. Come on, let's let's branch out a little bit. Give us some Clayface. Like, give us somebody we haven't seen yet in a Batman. Movie. Clayface would be great. I'd love a Clayface movie. Mm-hmm. And see, that, and see, that's the problem with all this strict going into this so realistic Batman is is you lose a lot of those characters. Killer Croc. 
Clayface, yeah. Man Bat. Yeah. yeah, Man Bat and Clayface. There you go. There's there's a movie for you. I mm-hmm. want to see that. Instead, we'll get No Man's Land and Hush. And mm. even Poison Ivy, you know, you can... I, w- I did expect this movie to be as compelling as it was. I see a lot of people online talking about how in, that they think it wasn't adrenaline that he jabbed himself with at the end, but it was, you know, that venom, that Bane serum of a form, form mm-hmm. of that as a way of setting up the potential for Bane in the future. Oh, God, we don't need Bane again either. He's been in two movies already. I can yeah. see that, though. Skip him. No, it's got to be adrenaline. I mean, I. That's what I thought. It, it, it's just too. What would you have in your arse in your bat belt, you know, if you thought you were going to get beat up a lot, right? Mm-hmm. <coughs> yep, I agree. They didn't really set that up, but it's interesting all the speculation that's happening, right? We're seeing Easter eggs throughout the whole film. Yeah, we're all just picking up on different ones. Yeah, there's so many ways he can go with that. So very clever of Matt Reeves to to fit all that in. All right, we better wrap up. We're at 90 minutes or so. Okay, so would where would you all rank this with the other Batman films? Oh, just as a, as a final thought. Yeah. Uh, I select the first two uh, Keaton films and I put it behind both Joker and uh, the Ledger Joker. So kind of the middle of the middle of the package for me, maybe fifth or sixth. Fifth or sixth, okay. Uh, I'm gonna go crazy. Go Batman Returns number one. Uh, this movie number two, The Batman, and Dark Knight Rises number three. Oh, wild card! Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crazy. I thought I, I was going to have to I agree with you entirely. Celine, I love um, uh, Tasha Agul. Ah, okay, okay. So, yeah, I, I was I was right there with you. I was like, yeah, Batman Returns, uh, this movie, but I was have to say, Dark Knight would be my my sec, my third. It's a much uh, more obvious. It's a much more. Yeah, it's very obvious. obvious. Yeah. yeah, not not. But, but you know, I I that but that's because I'm not a Batman fan, so. Yeah, I'm not, as, as you've told us a couple I'm not times, digging. Paul. I'm not digging most, most <laughs> yeah. of the Batman stuff. So I, I felt so bad when I just wasn't enthusiastic about Mask of the Phantasm. I felt I, I literally felt bad. I felt like I shouldn't even mention that, but I thought it was good. It was good. <laughs> we, want, we want honesty, man. You know, whatever you feel, you got to share it. That's, that's right. That's, that's how real criticism happens. I guess. Oh, well. thanks, guys. This was really fun. <laughs> yeah, was fun. great to see you guys today or hear you. <laughs> Oh, thank you. 